big game and the big awards get closer together? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, they've always been this close together, though. Yeah, that seems really close this year. Like, I'm confusing. Are the Incredibles playing in the football game, or is that something else entirely? Yeah, it's uh, Dix, uh, Pixar versus uh, Disney, or uh, sorry, Disney versus Sony in the big game. That's it. That's what it is. I would have never in my wildest dreams imagined that Sony would have any kind of front runner for an animated movie. That wasn't Lego Batman or the Lego movie. Well, those were never going to win, unfortunately, because society is cruel and has deemed that hour and a half long commercials that touch your soul just aren't worthwhile to us. Unless they're actually hour hour and a half long commercials that they really want to put out there. Who knows why the award season matters? Uh, you don't care and yet become so obsessed with it every single year. Yeah. I don't mean, I don't care about the rest of them, but the animated movies category just seems to enthrall me more and more each year. This year, they have a really strong showing. I'm very, very proud of it. You know, you've got the two Disney frontrunners of uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet and Incredibles 2. Two sequels that were met expectations, didn't really exceed expectations. Isle of Dogs, a uh, Wes Anderson 3D animated in the vein of uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I heard some good things, but then it got pulled from theaters and then wasn't really able to watch it. Um, Mirai, a anime uh, from the guy who directed... Uh, Summer Wars and uh, Boy and the Beast, which we still haven't watched. We really need to watch. And then some of the best parts of the Digimon movie. And then, of course, the front runner and a.k.a. one of our favorite movies of 2018. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This movie better freaking win. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You care so much about it. And you know the awards are meaningless. I know, but I don't know. It's I've heard fantastic things about Isle of Dogs in a perfect world, after being pulled from cinemas and not getting any of the good press that it deserves, that would be the thing that would come up from behind to win. Also, in a perfect world, maybe a Japanese-made movie could win every once in a while. Spirited Away actually won um, whenever it came around. And how old is Spirited Away? Older than 10 years, I know exactly. that much. Exactly. <laughs> it's always a Disney movie or a Pixar movie. In fact, I'd be interested to see if there's any time in our entire life where it wasn't Disney or Pixar had a runner in the running. I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah. I think Disney and Pixar, Disney and or Pixar have always had a movie in the best animated category. I don't begrudge them that, but I just feel like awards should be given to those who don't have billions. Well, I mean, even the... It feels like you're buying your space. Well, but all of these movies have bought their space then. Because all of these movies are from major publications or major publishers. I mean, even the the animated anime movie, Mirai, is from a director who has directed quite a few things. Yeah, but I imagine it's similar over there. I imagine if there is a Japanese film awards show... I'm sure there is. ...that a Disney movie does not win that. No, it's... Uh, and that's because American audiences want to push for more diversity. And I've heard some good things about Mirai. I've heard there is some faults to it. That it's not terrible, but there are a couple faults. Um, the animation's supposed to be gorgeous, of course. And that's part of what makes this movie... Go- uh, what makes this category good. But Ralph Breaks the Internet was fun, but it was no more so than uh, Wreck-It Ralph. 
Wreck-It Ralph was better because it came kind of came out of nowhere. Incredibles then, 2 had the same sort of thing going for it. I loved Incredibles 2, but not more so than I loved Incredibles 1. And it had a lot of potential because A, it came out after a certain amount of years and really like it had a kind of an interesting story and the actors were all coming back and even Brad Bird came back to direct it and help write it and everything like that. And I love Brad Bird. But in a perfect world, the Iron Giant would have won Best Animated Picture of the Year. It came out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, in a perfect world. So. We have discussed this before that the better way to judge what a movie is good or not is to wait five years. And then for the awards ceremony of 2018, you actually award movies from 2013 and say, all right, what were the best movies of 2013? Can anyone remember any of them? All right, go. And, and in a perfect world, yeah, I and mean, that would work for all categories. You know, what performances stood out to you uh, for actors and actresses? Which ones have had cultural significance? Avatar would have only won technical awards and exactly. nothing else. Exactly. And, you know, what costuming still holds up to this day? What effects hold up still to this day? Because not any Avatar is starting to show its age a little bit. You know, it not terribly. That's one thing I will give it. I won't give it anything else. But Well, that's the fault of the movie that aims to be as realistic as possible immediately instantly dated the very instant it comes out which is why all these you'll notice that no disney live action remakes are nominated for best picture or so they're not they're not trying to do that they're trying to make money boy are they those. really good at it yeah and we're not trying to stall for time by any means. No, because uh, if that were the case, he'd be Aaron. She'd be Elizabeth. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. <laughs> that was the long. I think that's the longest opening we've ever had. Well, it reminded me that it was the one-year anniversary of talking about the 2017 Oscar animated movies nominations, which we did get to go see uh, last year. There were a lot that were unfamiliar this year i've heard of every single one of these movies seen the majority of them last year we didn't hear about them until we're like oh wait these are the nominees we really should go see them and check them out and then it was amazing and i would say that half of the nominees last year were for adults these ones are much more for kids adults enjoy them but they are meant to be seen by children yeah, of all ages I would, I would say it's kind of split not necessarily like adults and family but it's like only breadwinner like all around only isle of dogs but even that was again advertised in front of kids movies in the theaters yeah not that's not last year right loving way. vincent was not meant to be seen no, by a four-year-old it was not and even uh did you say loving vincent or breadwinner uh both yeah <laughs> and we said that in our podcast which you can definitely go back and listen to but it's strange because you know at least three of these movies are definitely family friendly and these are the front runners the other two are not necessarily not family friendly but they're probably aimed more so for teenagers and up they're not more diabolically sinister or anything like that they're just aimed for a bit of an older audience so it's kind of interesting but i'll tell you right now the crop this year is a hell of a lot better because truth be to i'll be perfectly honest of what i know of these movies your two lower end ones are probably ralph breaks the internet and incredibles 2 and, and that's not an insult. That's saying, like, what's the worst Marvel movie? I mean, even Iron Man 2 has a lot of good points. It's, like, hard to pick. You know, like, uh... 
So, uh, honestly, this year is a hell of a lot better. It's going to be hard to pick, but my my vote is definitely Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse because all around, much better movie, incredible story, and amazing animation. I'm just excited for Shape of Water to win, you know? I... <laughs> Talk about going back. And speaking of going back, why don't we go back to those plugs? All right. You can follow us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. Email us at Married to the Idea Reviews at gmail.com. If you forget any of those links, you can visit our website, Married to the Idea. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you like what you listen to and want to support us in the universal language of money, you can head to our Patreon page married to the idea and pick one of the tiers that best interests you we actually did a couple behind the scenes things last week involving our new opening music and we'll be posting those exclusively for our patreon viewers as well as finally i think some trailer reaction shots because we have been saving up a couple of marvelous trailers to watch yeah I, well, we'll see. <laughs> and today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea. And that again is married to the idea without the numerical two. It's T-O the idea. And I want to give a special shout out to one of our uh, uh, recent podcasts uh, that has just been quote unquote blowing up. So our typical SoundCloud listen thing, which we do this for fun. I mean, yeah, we have a sponsor. Yeah, we have a Patreon. We do this for fun. We like doing this. We like talking to each other. We like talking at you guys. And we have an episode or typically our episode numbers get up between somewhere between 30 listens and a hundred listens if it's really good um we've got a couple that are above a hundred which you know are really nice uh the muppet treasure island and treasure planet you know comparison is probably one of the better ones i think it's 150 that was one of our favorite ones i love debating which was the better long john silver oh yeah that was hard to pick too our discussion of she-ra and the princesses of power with only having watched two episodes has almost 250 listens. That is just astounding to me. And only me. 100 of those is Aaron listening to his own voice. I've only listened to it once. <laughs> I, if that much. Uh, so I'm I'm blown away. I'm you're absolutely a, blown away. You're a better man than me. After I finished editing and listening to each episode for three hours in the editing bay, I never listen to them ever again. I can't go back and listen to the most recent ones or like I'll go back and listen to it for like the first few minutes. I can't listen to the full thing. I'll go back and listen to older stuff, even with our terrible sound quality. <laughs> When we had one mic and we like would share it between us. And I remember was... the one mic days. Oh, gosh. You what remember... babes we were. Yeah. You remember putting the mic between us and sitting on the couch and shouting at it? Yeah. Yeah. I loved that. I loved putting our toes together. <laughs> oh, feces. Feces. That sounded wrong. So what sounds right? I think talking about the actual movie that is on that title card why you click this i don't know why you click this first of all unless you live in knoxville tennessee 
or in the month of Southern January, California. Or Southern California. I don't think many of you are going to know what the heck this movie is. This is a Nessie and Me scenario, folks. This is seeing the concept for a movie and just losing it. Just realizing, oh no, we're about to jump into room territory. We're about to mono's hands of fate this bitch. Plan 9 from outer space, eat your heart out, good God. There have been movies that have been touted as so bad they're good room quality, your Sharknados, and etc. I have no patience for a movie that is trying to be bad. There is no joy in that for me. But if there is a movie that is trying to be so passionate, so genuine, and fails miserably on every single account, that is the dumpster fire I am paying money to watch. (laughs) People asked us, more than once i had a co-worker ask me uh, i think we had family members ask us you actually paid to watch this and we emphatically said yes this is a very special sort of audience if you are not the kind of person who likes to cheese it up at bad dialogue at terrible camera shots, at the absurdity of the Dolly-esque situation you find yourself in, then this is not the movie for you. This is one of those movies where I wished it was encouraged to riff. It should be encouraged to riff. If they continue to show this and if it continues to get its legs under it like The Room did... I can only imagine that there will be Rocky Horror-esque showings where you are encouraged to throw things at the screen. Like, Rocky Horror is is a phenomenon all on its own, where, yeah, you throw toast at the screen, or you you bring a water gun and you spray the people with water. I mean, th- that is a phenomenon all on its own. But Rocky Horror Picture Show is not bad. It's a very unique story, but it's not bad. This movie might be one of those ones that you have to be inebriated to watch. And I don't just mean with alcohol. I'm not going to say what, but... I was sober as a nun, and I enjoyed myself immensely. Yeah, but to understand it, I mean... That's the true question. All right. It is the late 2000s, the late 2010s, and a man... Has a dream. A dream of making a movie about a young boy who's scared to go in the ocean and must overcome his fear to return to surfing once again. And I know what you're thinking. Well, that sounds like an inspirational story about the origins of Christianity. I thought so too! <laughs> this happens in the first 30 minutes. The next hour doesn't really address that issue. If you wanted Point Break to have less conversation on the beach and bank heists and just more surfing montages, this is the movie for you. I remember there was a surfing movie with a girl who like had to teach people how to surf and was a maid and like went into surfing competitions and she surfed to relax and she had a little sister who surfed and everything like that. That movie still had less surfing than this. This movie... I debated with Aaron whether we should even record about this, to be quite honest, because The Room at least now has enough of a following that you can say, The Room, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh, hi, Mark. Just all, I did not hit her. I did not. Yeah. There's enough cultural import around it that you can just slot into that, and everyone's like, oh yeah, that movie. 
This is so new, you guys. It's so new that there are no, none of it exists on the internet. It is only this man and his flash drive traipsing around the world showing it to people. Now, we were not graced by the presence of the writer, director, main actor, producer, compo- producer, composer. Make no mistake, we are in Tommy Wiseau territory. Yeah. Now, while we are ragging on this movie hard, it is very difficult to say that this man is terrible. Tommy Wiseau was an experience himself because he defended the mo- he defended the room. No, no, it's it's an amazing piece of cinema and in this and that Apparently, this other guy, his name is Douglas Burke, is very genuine. You know, I don't think he understands why people are start- it's starting to catch fire and people are starting to want to watch it because they're, it's a, they're laughing at it type thing. Please don't tell him. I, I don't know, but like... But he must know. Like, that's, that's I the think thing. he's just excited people are watching 30 it. 30 years ago, you could be forgiven for not seeing what the impact of your movie would be and for being like, no, no, this is a serious thing and not getting it. It is so hard to be this unself-aware in the age of the internet. You must know that when someone's like, we want to watch your film, that's not because, oh, you really enjoyed the story that I'm crafting here visually before you. Nah, dude. It's just balls crazy. Apparently, uh, this guy, Douglas Burke, is allowing people to watch the movie for either minimally or for nothing. Because he's he wants people to watch it, and he's very nice about it. He's uh, he's telling he's going on to Knoxville groups like the cop group for some reason because there is military intrigue. Yeah, this movie about a surfer kid has military intrigue. He's we know like, it's called military intrigue because the trailer literally has the words military intrigue flash on the screen, <laughs> and the words strong enough misspelled. He's going onto these Facebook groups for Knoxville cops and saying, "Oh, you should come out. You should come and check out this movie." And I don't. I mean, I'm not sure if he understands what kind of audience is going for this. Now, Central Cinema, the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people who put this movie on, touted this as the next The Room. And I don't think they're the ones who touted it as that. I think they realized it and they're like, hey, can we show this movie? It is a rare and genuine treasure when a movie comes out so bad it's good. It does not happen often. We forget that there are just bad movies. No one thinks Transformers The Last Night is so bad it's good. No, it's just bad. It's just bad. Like Not even Fifty Shades of Grey is so bad it's good. If no, they had gone terrible. If they had gone balls to the wall, it could have been. But they didn't. They tried to make a competent film. This film fails on every scale as a filmmaker, but do not ever, ever misunderstand us as saying we do not like this movie. We may love this movie. There are very few movies where I walk out of it, say, what the hell just happened, and then want to watch it again at some later point. Like, most of the time, I'm like, that was stupid, and then I'm like, I I want to erase this from my brain past the whiskey. This movie demands to be shared it this, must be experienced it almost demands dissection we're gonna dissect it right now <laughs> like a bloated beach carcass of a whale dying on oh, shore God. we are gonna vivisect all the components of this movie for those of you who are not familiar with the room that's okay there are still those who are uninitiated which uh, to me uh, it's strange because it should be at least in people's minds not necessarily that they've watched it 
I'm okay if you've not watched it. That is not everyone's cup of tea. Completely understand. But at least it should be in people's minds. They should know about it. But no, we're talking about this from the concept of a so bad it's good movie. A movie that fails in its earnestness. Not a movie that's trying to suck. A movie that actively tries as hard as it can and fails. It's not Birdemic that doesn't really even try and then fails and it's not trying. It's not a Sharknado where it's trying to be a high-budget B-movie and still kind of managing to fail that. I mean, come on. Tara Reid, really? It's it's a passion project that ends up becoming something else entirely. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of our favorite scenes because there really is no point in doing a plot synopsis. Because there really is not. There none. really is not. The, the main the plot, so far as IMDb is concerned, is that a young boy is afraid to go back in the water after almost drowning in a surfing accident. And then one day on the shore, he uncovers more than he bargained for. That's literally the IMDb plot. And I'm going to say that takes up maybe 20 minutes of the whole movie. 30 minutes because you feel every minute of it. Feel every minute of it. Um, my favorite part was the uninterrupted 10 minute long one take of two characters without the camera moving talking to each other the camera did move slightly because the uh, actor moved out of frame slightly enough just for the camera to have to adjust Mm -hmm. within those 10 minutes it wasn't even a back and forth dialogue it was the one character speaking to the other character Perhaps what he said could have been summed up in five sentences, but he managed to make it drag out for 10 minutes by repeating each sentence in a slightly different way so it would feel like he was saying more when actually he was saying the same thing six times. What did you say in the theater when you had to pad out your... Re- or your- this script was like when you have to have a certain amount of words in your essay for your high school teacher, and so you start just typing the same sentiment in varying forms over and over again. And therefore, I believe that this should be in summation. I also uh, agree to ponder. (laughs) Like, it's so... And this shot, it is uninterrupted. It does not cut to a different angle. It does not... And there are times when people do this on purpose. It's meant to develop tension. Yes. It's meant to develop unease. It doesn't do it properly. When you get to 10 minutes, there's nothing left in the shot but just anger and hilarity. A little bit of frustration. Now, to be fair, if the if there were no high points, it really would have been a slog. You feel every minute, let us not forget this, but there are points when he uh, leaves the suedo religious philosophical pandering for a, behind for a moment and jumps into... William Shatner Shakespeare and starts delivering lines like he just thought of them on the spot and wanted to inject something into the scene. This scene is already controlled by him in the first place. It's like he realized, I want to overact in a scene where I'm already overacting and control a scene I'm already controlling. This is not a- As director, writer, producer, actor, composer. (laughs) This, and I, I feel so bad- making like making the summation of this guy because this is not a professional actor this is not a professional director this is not a professional so this is like going out and watching a kid's play and saying you know what 
I was not in the moment at any point during this. Uh, every time Robin Hood came out onto the thing, I just, I just knew I was watching a play. I just knew it. It's like, I, I feel bad for saying this. You need to emote better, but don't take this as we're making fun of this movie. Even though we are. We... We're poking fun because we're, we're we're not we're comedians at heart. We're 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 trying to have a laugh, but it's more so. It's a study of why this is so bad. Heaven forbid we really did try to take it seriously. We did not go in there and like the first scene just go laugh hilariously because the first scene is literally just a kid walking down the pier. We didn't start laughing like aha it's gonna be terrible. We're like okay competent shot okay competent frame okay. The audio was a little off, but. Okay, you know, let's 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 keep going. He's you know? fishing, and he has this inner monologue going about how he felt under the water. I'm like, okay, sure. And then he sees a body in the water and pulls out what turns to out to be his long dead father, who's only here for a short amount of time. Who died in war? As as far as we know, as far as this kid knows, Sage, <laughs> Sage the Surfer, it- Sage the Surfer. Whose montages of him surfing comprise over half of this movie. (sighs) Sage the Surfer, who, again, must be reiterated, is a child. And so 90% of his surfing ends in wipeouts. He's competent. He can get into the waves I pretty well. I can't surf. He's better than me, absolutely. But I don't know why this man, who is this boy's father, both in the movie and in real life, said, you know what? Sage, I'm going to put up as many shots of you surfing as possible, even though the majority of them show you failing fabulously. They could have easily edited out half of these shots of him uh, crashing, or rather wiping out, by literally... Ending the shot a few seconds earlier. And make no mistake, this is not a narrative choice. This is not a, oh, he used to fail because he was learning and then he got better and better and then finally rode the big wave. There is no narrative thread connecting these 20 scenes at a time of him surfing. They are just shots. Also, there is a monologue, or not a monologue, sorry, a narration at the beginning and then never again. Never again. So you got to say your favorite scene. I don't know what my favorite scene is. We didn't even get to that I am made of squid and electricity I wasn't supposed to feel. (sighs) Well, you said your favorite scene was the 10-minute interrupted scene. I don't know if my favorite scene is the worst scene or if it's the scene that made us literally scream so loud at the screen. Oh, that's the scene you should talk about. Okay, all right, yeah. So there is a scene, and again... We're not ruining anything past 30 minutes in this movie. I mean, like, we're talking about the surf montages, yeah, but, like, we haven't even gotten to the doctor parts yet or anything else. After this 10-minute uninterrupted monologue, all of a sudden the man starts screaming and pulling Come with me, boy! Boy, you must come with me! Boy, boy, you must come with me! Boy, boy, come with me! Into the dream, into the spirit world as the screen turns from color to black and white. And then you see it. There is a beached whale that you hope to God is CGI. And you, I still don't know if it is or not. I have no idea. And we screen, because it was us uh, in a row by ourselves. And then there was another group of people right behind us. And we had, we've been making fun of this movie at this point. Because 
we're jerks. But we laughed so hard and, and I, so loud, and we're screaming, "No, no, 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 no!" We were those people that the theater owner. He said, "Listen, guys, I know we're here to all have fun, but I can't hear the dialogue anymore." It's like. You, you know, do you mind keeping it down? I'm like, I'm so sorry. So, and we saw him, the same guy, after the movie, and he was super cool about it. So, thank you, Central Cinema, for not kicking us out. We really we, appreciate that. We love your place. We will probably be posting this on their Facebook group, truthfully be told. So, that scene made me cringe the hardest because of it went from color to black and white for no reason. They changed clothes for no reason. The hairstyles were slightly different, very obvious. And I hate to say it, but it was very obvious that the main man had put on a little bit of weight. Because <laughs> uh, it was a different time of year. So it, it's like it was super obvious. There's something. Oh my God. There's something metaphorical about a giant bloated carcass of a beautiful thing on the edge of the water. And we're and we haven't even discussed the actual dialogue that's going on during this thirty minutes. Again, this is the first thirty minutes of this movie. You get the sense from the description of the movie that it has in the trailer that this is going to be a come to Jesus sort of movie where he's going to like learn to embrace his fear and embrace Christ and overcome it. Sort of a soul surfer uh, vibe you're going yeah, something for. something more encompassing where it's like, okay, this is like the first scene or first few scenes and then it's going to grow from there. No, this is literally the first third of the movie. Never does Sage ride the big wave. Yeah, there's never the big wave. Now, he does ride some big waves near the end. But again, but not like, narratively, not like, and this was the big wave. Yeah, it doesn't like say, and you know, he does, like, he easily could have even, like, reused the same narration at the end and said, here you go, and this is to show that he's hit the big wave. Oh, there you go. I must say, I know that that would be more pleasing to us, but the actual ending of this movie is the perfect encapsulation of what we had just seen. Let's get to that after we take a small break. Sounds good. Whew. So, as today's episode is brought to you by Audible, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash married to the idea to get started today. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And when we say from a leading, we also mean from people who had to live through certain situations and wrote best-selling books about it or books that became best-selling movies or, you know, award-winning movies. You are stalling now, babe. Yes. <laughs> I am, of course, talking about The Disaster Artist, My Life Inside the Room, The Greatest Bad Movie Ever Made. Written by Greg Sestero and Tom Bissell. I'm glad you finally got to the point because I thought you'd been taking lessons from Douglas Burke on how to say the same thing four different ways. <laughs> Why must I feel? Oh, that got loud. <laughs> That's going to be fun to edit. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. 
If you are all curious about how the room came to be the room, if you want insider scoop from the man who lived it, from the man who worked under Tommy Wiseau. Directly. Uh, yeah. That sounded sexual. The man who had to work directly beside the entire time. The man who was basically Tommy Wiseau's best friend throughout the entire production. Then Greg Sestero's book about the disaster artist is for you. And uh, I definitely recommend it. As far as the meta commentary that we've kind of looped ourselves into with The Room being a sincere movie that was so bad that people started watching it ironically that then had an award-winning movie made about the building of it, which came from a book from the person who wrote it, who noticed that it was crazy as he was doing it, but still did it anyway. It's a, a so what would you call it? A flushing toilet of... <laughs> craziness i would call it a weird spiral that somehow loops back into itself a snake devouring its tail there you go it is on audible.com where you can go and download it for free if you get that uh, membership from audibletrial.com slash married to the idea and we highly recommend it because it is also narrated by Greg himself. We also recommend The Disaster Artist because if you've ever watched The Room and you enjoy it to the extent that we do, there's so many freaking inside jokes. Moving back on to Surfer, Teen Confronts Fear. Surfer, this is what it sounds like when whales cry. Oh my god. That's probably the best one-liner that we came up We were uh, We were riffing in the car on the way here back to the house and and she comes up with this and i almost had to pull the car over i was laughing so hard that's my one for january that was the because we learn a lot of stories from the bible uh we uh learn about adam and eve in the garden oh sorry no not eve because that would mean that there would be another mention of a woman in this movie and there are only two women in this movie including one who is a mental patient of some sort. Uh, we yeah. never figure out what she is. Tweaked we just see on, her. Tweaked on drugs out of her mind. Uh, yeah, uh, this does not pass the Bechdel test in any form. Uh, it's crazy how we d- how it took us till now, 48 hours after watching the movie, to realize, oh yeah, there weren't any women in that at all because there were so many other things to talk about. <laughs> we also hear the story of Job, how whales are always crying. There's always a sound under the water of a whale crying because... He wants to eat someone who won't follow God. I thought that was the story of Jonah. Oh, sorry. You're right. God, I don't even. Oh, okay. He wrecked me. He took away my knowledge. I lost the memory of my mother's face. And whenever you hear a whale cry, doesn't matter when, but whenever you hear a whale cry, it's because a man is not following God. Yeah. Lots of stuff we learned. Again, never comes up again. Never comes up again. The whole Christian saving angle, the whole losing fear angle, it all gets thrown completely out of the water. We have this father who has come back for just a short time from the spirit world, not from heaven. The spirit world. The spirit world to tell his young son that uh, he was inhabited by the spirit of a sea lion. And that is how he was saved from the big wave, not the lifeguard who pulled him out of the water. Even though later on in the movie, they actually show a scene of the lifeguard saving the surfer slash sage from the big wave. Oh, goodness. I, we can't, okay, we can't stay here too long. We have to just hit the highlights. And again, I don't even okay. know why we're doing this because people just need to see it. Yes, we, this, yeah, we're, we're trying to dissect it more as a why is this, not what is this. Because okay. you have to watch it for yourself if 
you enjoy watching this kind of stuff. A huge, gigantic, enormous shout out to our friend Allie, who has been on this podcast multiple times and who we will have on this podcast again, God willing. We are her introduction to this movie. She yes. is not in Knoxville. She didn't she's never heard of this movie. Other people have never heard of this movie. We're not surprised. She has the perfect rating system for this kind of movie. It is a parabola. I definitely messed that up. You actually said that completely correct. No shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Of 10 to 0 to negative 10. With Princess Bride, and this is her rating system, Princess Bride being a perfect 10, because that is her favorite movie of all time, a 0, which I am actually forgetting what her 0 movie is. I'm going to say it's Transformers The Last Night. It's some, I think it is something with Transformers, but I can look it up real quick as I stall. A movie that is no good and you derive no enjoyment from. It, yeah, it is something that, like, like Fifty Shades of Grey. Or, no value. Yeah, she says uh, movies that are so awful you can't even finish them are zero. Like Sherlock and Holmes for some people. Yeah. Um, Holmes and uh, Watson, sorry. I actually couldn't finish Knocked Up. I'm sure I could finish it now because I have a, a much higher tolerance for stupid comedy, but I couldn't finish it when I first watched it. I couldn't get past the first 10 minutes of A Clockwork Orange. Well, no shit. It's a, a, it's a Kubrick movie, and B, it's A Clockwork Orange. I've actually never seen it, and I don't know if I ever will watch it, truthfully. Nah. And then a negative 10 is The Room. So using some of the other movies that we've referenced already as examples, I would probably put Birdemic as a negative 2, negative 3. Or no, sorry, negative 4. Sharknado Sharknado is a negative 2, negative 3. Plan 9, somewhere in the negative 6 range. I would put this at negative 8. I wouldn't actually, put it at the perfect negative 10. I, it's It's got too many like awkward, long moments. I've got to throw uh, one of the Twilight movies on the negative scale, too. Really? Yeah, it takes a keen eye. It takes someone who's been there and back again. Someone who fell head over heels into the swell of this. So much so that she gave it to her boyfriend to read so he could understand what she was thinking of. Who is this? Tell me his name. And then came on the other side realizing, oh, this was bad. But I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm going to own it and say, yes, it was. I can still find enjoyment in the sheer mockery of it. I liked Renee Esme. Uh, when she was in the books, she was cute. She's not even in the books. What are you talking about? Hey, she is. She, okay, she is, mm, she is not really a character. She's a sweet little innocent girl. She doesn't do bad things. She's a Mary Sue. Anywho. <laughs> Let's debate Twilight. No. Oh. Oh, oh we all want to hear your opinions. Never. Anyways, I would put this movie around negative seven, negative eight. Yeah, it fails to be so bad it's good at several key points, mainly because of the extended montages of surfing. It does not reach the pinnacle of the room the room has way too many laughable moments and scenes and there's so many references that you can make with the room and while the room is awkward the room has so many of those moments the hi johnny you're my favorite customer bye doggy like the room has those but those become laughable these 
it's going to be harder for those to become laughable. The room was heavily scripted. Tommy Wiseau had a very distinct direction for the dialogue that he wanted, and that's why they had to take so many shots to get exactly what he wanted to say. In this movie, they were yes-anding. And it was often just one guy yes-anding himself. It was just him with a... <laughs> Can you actually... That, there's the ultimate uh, psychological question for improvers. Can you yes-and yourself? Uh, I'm pretty sure that Douglas Burke did that because I imagine that in the script there was just a bullet point list of perhaps three points that he was supposed to make. And he just ran... <laughs> Forever. It's like it was a sermon that never wanted to end. And it wasn't a good sermon either. And again, it's so hard to make fun of this movie. Not because I don't want to make fun of this movie. I want to make fun of this movie. But because you know there was a lot of passion put into this, it just was put into it the wrong way. Oh, like the inappropriate portrayal of a mentally handicapped person? Yeah. So before... I got Liz interested into this movie. I read, and this might have been the sealant for me that made me want to watch this movie, a one-sentence paragraph, or not one-sentence paragraph, sorry, a one-sentence descriptor that said, and I quote, the most tone-deaf performance of a mentally handicapped person ever put to film. And I'm not going to lie to you, dear listener, there was a point when I was disappointed because I thought I was not going to get what I was promised with that one sentence. Oh, was I proven wrong. Oh, dear God, was I proven wrong. I've seen Tiptoes where Gary Ullman plays a short person. I've seen clips where the man sings Mammy in blackface. I have seen terrible terrible tone deaf performances but good god that was the most awkward thing i have ever seen and i don't think i'm overselling it am i overselling it no she would tell me you heard it here folks she would tell me i've learned better than to argue and question you oh no Come on, tell me if I'm wrong. No, This no. is the perfect place to tell me if I'm wrong. I know it is. Here, in public, in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty whack. We will speak about this later. Um, They uh, say it best in Tropic Thunder. You never go full retard. Oh my god, that was... I'm not going to say anything else, because this is something you have to experience It for speaks for itself. Here's the thing. I think we can actually make a pretty good point that this movie was built around a father's very genuine interest in his son's sporting endeavors and home movies and saying, well, I can make a movie out of this. I've got all this footage. I bet I can do something with this. In a way that it would seem that the room was built around its sex scenes because they have the most amount of time and care devoted to them. You're you're making reference to a joke that someone made while reviewing the room. I uh, but I think it's completely accurate. There's a conspiracy reason. theory basically that like the room is uh, the result of. Honey, why is there a camera recording us having sex? I, uh, I'm making a movie. Yeah, 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 I'm making a movie. And therefore, there's the room. So the same thing is, is like, you know, Sage, I've got all these clips of you surfing. I should do something with them. 
I'll make a movie. Yeah, and then when he had clips of when they went to India and surfed there, oh, well, then I'll throw some military intrigue and invite a reason why we have to go around the world. Nothing took up as much time as those surfing montages. So much so, you get to the last, I'm going to be generous, say the last 20 minutes of the movie. The last 20 minutes of the movie starts. And it's another surfing montage. And it keeps going. And going. And going. There is no dialogue. There is no narrative flow. It's literally just scene after scene of Sage cresting a wave. And then making it far. And then crashing. And then another one. And then another one. And then they go to India. And he does it again. Although he's clearly still in South California. And they go it again. And about... 15 minutes into this, I lean over to Aaron and I say, wouldn't it be hysterical if the movie just ended within this montage without any wrap-up of the previous plot threads of his missing father that came back in a dream that then was alive, that then died again, if they never talk about Sage overcoming the big wave, if they never talk about the government keeping it all secret and sending him around the world. What if the movie just ended with this montage? 15 minutes later, on yet another shot of Sage going through a barrel. In the sky, we see two pairs of gloved hands folding up an American flag, and then the credits roll. And that is when I knew we did have to talk about this. There has never been a more perfect David Lynchian ending for a movie than that. It was almost like looking at a surrealist painting. It was so out there. I still don't understand the thought process behind it. It's like so well hidden, the plot and the threads that connect them, that you have to dig so deep to get to them. It's astounding, astounding that we sat through this movie and at the end of it, I feel like I have to talk about it. It should have been one of those ones like, well, that was stupid, and then just walk out. But no, I must share it with the world. Because the rest of the world must suffer with me. So that's why I. it's similar enough to The Room. That's why people are touting it as the next The Room. Because The Room was so bad it was good. This is so bizarrely bad it must be talked about. It is a man who wants to be a filmmaker looking at the tools of film and throwing them at the screen and seeing what sticks. There are drone shots perfectly executed in this. Not for any reason. It's not closing on any action. It's not imparting the weight of the words or the grand scope of the environment. It's really just there. Not for any reason. It's just there. And... There's a monologue and soliloquies and dramatic acting and action scenes and a government intrigue and people talking in a stern voice and all of these things are here because he saw them in a film once and said, that is film and I will just bring them over here now. I don't get why they belong together, but I've seen them before. They must work now. Tommy Wiseau is, a lot of people like to joke around and say that he's an alien trying to learn human emotions. Oh, 
Is this how humans do? Okay, here. How's this work? No? Okay, how about this? No, this is more like... The room had a plot. The room had a consistent plot throughout the entire... What's the plot of the room? The plot of the room is that these two people, one of them wants to be in this relationship, the other one doesn't, and it's their degradation of the relationship. Oh, okay, cool. That's what happens in the room. What's the plot of the room? That's the plot. What's the plot of the room? What's the plot of Surfer? What's the plot of the room? And what's the plot of Surfer? Neither of them have plots. I'm in agreement with that. <laughs> like, good lord. Like, I'm not going to defend That's the room I'm and saying. I'm not going to defend Surfer. That's what I'm saying. Surfer's so bizarre that I almost for a second thought that the room had a plot. That's how twisted <laughs> up I am. <laughs> All right. Question time. What's better slash worse? The room... Or Surfer Teen Confronts Fear. Uh, unfortunately, I think that I would rather watch The Room again, uh, only for the fact that there are not 30-minute uninterrupted shots of surfing montages. But you have to deal with Tommy Wiseau's ungodly ass. Oh my god, I forgot about the ass. Yeah. I just closed my Multiple eyes Multiple times. That. Yeah, there's so much ass. And oh, then yeah. Denny. You know, it's it's like, do you want to share your love? You with- have to deal with... Do you want to share your love? Well, then here's the question: Do you want to share your love of bad movies with your children, but you can't show them the room because of all the butts? Like that's what Surfer is for. <laughs> but if you don't want to just look at the same barrel shot every day, hey folks, was Plan Nine from Outer Space too much of a thinker for you? Have I got the movie for you? The room has become so meta. I think it's impossible not to return to it and find new things every time. I think we have successfully absorbed Surfer because it did the it, it had literally 20 minutes of movie that was repeated for an hour and a half. There was maybe five sentences that got repeated 60 <laughs> times. This, a shot of a kid surfing repeated 100 times. We absorbed it. I would absolutely see it again with people. I would absolutely see it again knowing that at a certain point in the film, I can leave to take a to drop a deuce and go get popcorn. And when I get back, he will still be surfing and I will not have missed anything. It's great to have a built-in intermission in your movie. <laughs> Besides Monty Python and the Holy Grail and mm-hmm. uh, Kung Pao Under the Fist. I don't think we've fully absorbed it yet. Because like with The Room and like with a couple movies that are much better quality than both of them... There are certain movies that you have to watch more than once. That you have to take in multiple times. The best movie I can ever give this to, and people disagree with me, you know what? If you do, more power to you. The best movie I can ever give this to is Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints, the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, that's kind of cool. Willem Dafoe being all uh, over the top and some cool things. You know, like a decent message. But then it kind of stewed with me for a little while. And about two to three months later, I'm like, you know what? I got to watch that again. And I watched it again. And I noticed different things. I noticed a little bit key differences here and there. And it grew on me a little bit more. I'm like, you know, I liked it. Not in love with it, but I liked it. And then later on down the road, I watched it again. And it just kept growing and growing. And even still to this day, years later, where I have a signed poster from the director 
because I love the movie so much, it still continues to get better with every watching. Not every movie is like that, and not every movie that is like that is with that with every person. So you're comparing Surfer to the Boondock Saints, just so I'm clear here. No, I am not comparing Surfer to Boondock Saints. I am comparing the experience. I will probably want to rewatch this months, a year down the road. And I will have a much different experience because I'll be a different person. Things will have happened to me, to me between now and then. And I will experience it differently. I probably won't be as sober next time either. And I hope to experience it with friends. I'd love to watch it at home so I can scream at it the whole time. But I don't think we've absorbed this whole movie. I don't think there's going to be much more to absorb, like with The Room... But I still think there's other things to digest, to discuss, to dissect. I guess it's only going to happen if it starts taking off and people start talking about it. Look at the room. So my question to you is I put the movie at about a negative eight. It's still below the room, but it's up there. Well, then I would put the same way too, if only for the fact that if this does become a thing, I got in on the ground floor of this. (laughs) You gotta be hipster with it. I was here before it was cool. Which, that would be, honestly, that would be an amazing experience if that happens. It would, truthfully, I almost, that almost happened with me with The Room. I had friends telling me in high school, you gotta watch this movie. You gotta watch this movie. I'm like, what is this movie? They're like, it's the greatest movie ever made. And I watched it. I think I got through like 20 minutes of this. I'm like, this movie is terrible i have no idea what the hell is going on and like it doesn't make any sense i had no earthly idea they didn't tell you no they did not explain oh it to dude me. you gotta give it, you some preface yeah exactly and then years later finally like someone's like you gotta watch the room i'm like wait a minute someone else tried to get me to watch it and it was terrible and they're like exactly that's the point you gotta watch it knowing it's a terrible movie i was like oh okay and so i watched it and appreciated it a lot more. Sometimes you can get in on the ground floor of things before you even realize it. And this might be one of those things for us. And if so, because I'm telling you right now, if you get the chance to watch this movie, I'm I'm telling you, do not waste it. It is an experience. You may not appreciate it at first, but by golly, or by Jove, or by Jonah... Was it an experience? If you enjoy that kind of thing. If you don't, then don't do it. Well, you know, we saw that last year. That people do enjoy that sort of thing. And when you see Surfer Teen confronts fear on the Oscar nominees for Best Picture, you will now know (laughs) what it is. God, this thing wouldn't even win a Razzie. It It has the unfortunate problem of not having just one big name star in it to really just drag it down to hell like Nicolas Cage or Halle Berry or something. Yeah. I, I, I would equate this to eating pickled ginger. I enjoy it. I know not a lot of people will, but those who do know how good it is because pickled ginger hurts. But if you get through that pain, God, is it sweet. That's so poetic. The movie should have ended with that. It should have. It would be a hundred times better. <laughs> By Jove, I think we've hit the nail on the head, and we've ripped this poor movie to shreds. And now I feel really bad for those who are like, okay, I'm going to go watch it, for us to tell you, there is nowhere you can watch it. 
You yeah, just gotta hope that eventually we, this movie makes it to a local theater near you that's interested in showing this. Find your artsy theater. Find your one screen theater, like here in Knoxville. It was playing or is playing. Uh, maybe they'll try to bring it back. Hell, reach out to the guy. Arrange a showing at your, you know, community college or something like that, or your your local college. Uh, this movie has to be experienced. Uh, you can, it is not something where you can just listen to it or listen to us talk about it. you got to experience it for yourself. Nor should you just listen to it because, again, there will be about 45 minutes of just... Why don't you follow God? I'm just looking at my jelly-like exterior. I'm just made of electricity and squid. You didn't do this. You just dreamt it. And even then, that wasn't real. I can keep going on, and I'm not going to. So, if you get a chance to watch Surfer, colon, Teen Confronts Fear, take it. If you don't, well, you might just be better off for it. Until next time, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And And we're we're married married to to the the idea. idea.